This podcast is brought to you by Canva, the visual collaboration platform empowering the world to design. Visit canva.com to get started today. Hello and welcome to the NCA podcast. I'm Jill Annable, your host today. I am privileged to be with Claire Kilbane, Dr. Claire Kilbane of the McGrath Institute at Notre Dame. And I am going to turn over to her um, first and foremost to tell us more about your background and your role in Catholic education. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Jill. It's always delightful to talk to you, and especially so when we can share a conversation with other people in Catholic education. So my background is pretty varied in education, but I've been involved in education for 30 years. I started off as an elementary school teacher and moved into a technology coordinator role back in the very early days of the internet. And that sent me into uh, working with teachers and I fell in love with that and recognized the need for great teacher educators. So I did my doctoral work at the University of Virginia and then worked in teacher education at the undergrad and grad levels for about 25 years. Um, Most recently, I moved here to the McGrath Institute where I could bring my love for the Catholic faith and experience in Catholic education um, to bear on some of the pastoral challenges that face teachers. So let me tell you a little bit about the McGrath Institute. So we are an institute at the University of Notre Dame. And for those who may not know, universities have uh, departments that really attend to the academic focus of an institution. But as a research institution, uh, we also have an outward focus on supporting different groups in the world. And the Institute for Church Life, specifically the McGrath Institute for Church Life, um, named for the benefactors that we were lucky to have support our work, um, is oriented to supporting the Catholic Church specifically leaders in the Catholic Church. And we work to connect the intellectual life of the University of Notre Dame to the life of the church um, so that through education and formation, uh, different leaders in the church can more powerfully address different types of pastoral challenges. Um, As you know, some of the leaders in the Catholic Church are the teachers and administrators in Catholic schools. And so my focus here at the Institute Um, is to support them as it relates to various aspects of their ministry, a ministry that they may not even really understand, uh, especially since the preparation for administrators and teachers in Catholic schools is very often um, assuming that they will be working in public schools. And so that's really the prioritization of professional preparation in most contexts, although there are some Catholic schools that have specific support uh, with those who might anticipate in advance that they have a destination in Catholic education. But most Catholic school uh, employees don't recognize when they're preparing for the profession that they will be in a Catholic school. And so once they are employed, they go, oh my goodness, what does this mean and how is it distinct? Um, So I'm interested in supporting them through teaching, outreach, and scholarship, um, and also supporting the religious dimension or the Catholic identity of Catholic schools. And this includes a lot of different things. Everything, um, the the work I do uh, can involve studying and refining how we teach theology and religion, as well as how we integrate the Catholic worldview or understanding of reality into the different academic subjects. That's something I call Catholic academic integration. And it's something I'm kind of at the very beginning of developing with some colleagues here in our Office of Life and Human Dignity and also um, the Religion and Science Initiative, both housed here at McGrath. 
Um, just yesterday, actually, I was fortunate to participate in this beautiful week-long symposium that focused on addressing life and human dignity uh, issues in pastoral settings. And I was lucky enough to work with about 50 Catholic school team or Catholic school educators and building teams as they thought through how their school addresses these issues currently, um, how different mechanisms in the school, uh, including curriculum, but not limited to that, things like policies, the programming, and the different practices in the school, how those can reflect that the school values life and human dignity, and also how they can use these mechanisms to help educate the students in the school, whether they be Catholic or not, about the importance of respecting uh, human dignity and advocating for culture of life. So get, get, that gives a little bit of a, a flavor of what I do. And um, it varies depending on the needs of the schools that engage with me in different capacities. So this during this last couple of years, I did a lot of uh, just-in-time support for schools during the pandemic and was luckily lucky to be invited to write some blogs for NCA talk, which I think to help folks we I address things like how we communicate and that being important as well as um, how we might think about face masks in a Catholic way. Um, so those blogs were a lot of fun to write, mostly because I wanted to support, you know, frontline responders uh, who did just such heroic things during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but during the last year, as things have calmed down, I've gotten the opportunity to travel a little bit to do some Catholic identity professional development for high school teachers. Uh, just last month, I delivered a talk. It was actually in a bar. It was kind of a theology on top. Uh, on tap about um, how Catholic schools are uniquely equipped to promote students flourishing. And um, I've also done some work trying to kind of appropriate and disseminate some of the research that folks like Christian Smith here in our sociology department have done on religious parenting. Um, so as you can see, just a little bit of everything, kind of like all teachers end up getting pulled into lots of different directions. And um, it's just been delightful and fun to, to be a part of the support for Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways we've connected is because of your series of um, briefs for NCA, your publications. And these are on the four C's. And I am hoping you can first tell us, how did you get connected to this series and um, just the beginnings of, of that work, where did these come from? Sure, well, I think in 2014, I did a keynote talk at the STREAM conference for NCEA. And at that point I was talking about these four C's. It was really right after they'd been kind of brought out and brought to the professional community. Um, and so there was a connection there where I could begin um, thinking about these topics. And I guess from there, I should say that, you know, although I've published with other publishers with Pearson, and then I have a book that's coming out this next spring on differentiation, technology and design with ASCD, like I value NCEA as an outlet that's uniquely able to share the fullness of the insights that I can offer for the profession, uh, where I can really look at any topic within a Catholic framework or with Catholic lenses on. And so the inspiration for this particular series was kind of catalyzed by that, but really came from a time period when I was working a lot um, to support the professional development of teachers in both public and Catholic schools. And I was asked quite frequently to talk about how to use pedagogical strategies to promote students' development of these critical competencies, the four C's, which include communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. 
And the one that seemed to be most popular was critical thinking. And I had written a book for Pearson about instructional models and approaches that promoted these proficiencies at the same time they promoted content knowledge in students. At any rate, I walked out of a Catholic school one day having delivered a presentation on these instructional strategies to promote critical thinking. And it was the same presentation I had used a week prior in a public school. And I think I'd done it enough to find it kind of feel comfortable and you know, happy with how the presentation had gone. And that opened up this space for reflection that we practitioners so value and are afraid of. <laughs> and I realized after I walked out that there should probably have been something very, very different about a presentation on critical thinking in a Catholic school. And I'll just elaborate that on that a little bit more. Um, critical thinking might be equated with reason. Um, it's not an exact correlation, but I would say that critical thinking is a really important competency for people in the modern age. And I think as we um, consume news and we need to critique it, as we look at different sources of information and have to assimilate and make sense of what they mean, critical thinking um, describes a very wide and um, differentiated set of intellectual competencies that I think we could agree, but it is really part of our reasoning capacity as human persons. It's a gift from God to make sense of the world that we live in. For example, scientists use critical thinking all the time as they reason through and understand better the creation that God offers us. And so reason can really help us engage with creation. It's really important, but it's limited it doesn't tell us everything that we can know about the truth of creation. And as Catholics, we acknowledge that reason has a limit and it can only help us to the point where we can reason that God must exist. And St. Thomas Aquinas developed the proof of proof of God's existence. It's a perfect example of how natural reason can help us get only so far. At a certain point to know more about creation, we need to be able to engage in a relationship with with Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who's the face of God that we can relate to. And we need to accept that by faith. And we then can open up knowledge of creation through that relationship with Christ that we couldn't achieve through reason. And that doesn't mean that we check reason at the door and we don't use it anymore once we have a relationship with Christ, we actually need it to contemplate the things that we gain through that relationship. And that's one of the beauties of Catholicism is we believe that reason continues to be helpful in understanding truth, but it doesn't help us understand all truth. And so I realized that if I was doing critical thinking in the Catholic school, we needed to use critical thinking or reason to put it in its place and help us make sure that we continue to open up the space for belief in a relationship with God um, by recognizing that reason, which is such an important capacity, um, is not all the, not the full capacity that we have. Um, and I think that this idea really factors into the challenges with religion and science. You know, where we're li living in a very scientific age and science tends to, to kind of permeate our understanding of reality uh, we can understand ourselves through, you know, scientific understandings. Um, we can understand how we're like other people. But what we can lose in this beautiful understanding through reason, um, we can lose this idea that each person is a mystery that is loved by God. And we can really only understand that through faith. So we need to balance faith and science. So anyhow, long story short, um, it was, I realized at that point that all of these competencies, not just critical thinking, but creativity, uh, collaboration, which is the topic that I just wrote a book, a brief on, but 
Um, and then also the other two that we had to understand all of them with Catholic lenses. And I recognize that busy teachers would benefit if I took the time I had here in this wonderful place, uh, the University of Notre Dame, to think about that and make that more accessible to them. Um, not that they couldn't think of it, but when they're busy attending to the needs of the day, there just isn't that space and bandwidth to do it. So I was wanted to use the opportunity to help. Yeah, and, and you have. And so this is where, I think it was about a month ago when I had this question hit me. And so your, your answer here beautifully explains this relationship because um, it's hard as Catholic schools that we sometimes look like we're buying into secular ideas or we're buying into public school curriculum. And so when we hit a topic like critical thinking or the four C's, we can be deemed as just following public school models. And um, so I just want to make a quick plug then the, the brief that Claire has written on um, within the series. So this one is called the four C's understanding 21st century skills in the light of faith is the one where I started to have my ahas of how this all works together a bit more. And I, um, it gave me a better opportunity, a better opportunity to explain to leaders, to teachers, why, um, why as Catholic teachers, this does all fit together. And so I was asking you, Claire, like, what's the elevator pitch? How do you explain this in a quick way to someone who says, oh, I don't want my Catholic school to do these public school things, but our history is so much more rich than that. And our, our um, theological base is so much better. And our concept of, of mystery and faith and truth with a capital T, like all these things matter. And so thank you for putting language behind that and the thought behind that so that the average teacher isn't stuck with a question that they can't, um, they don't know enough to uh, to explain eloquently. So I really do appreciate that work. I'm glad it's helpful. Um, yeah. Teachers, teachers uh, are amazing and they're doing something that I would have had a really hard time doing the last couple of years. You know, we're not all supposed to be able to do these things on our, on our own. We are the body of Christ. And so we're supposed to be doing different things and working together. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about collaboration a little bit. So um, that's the one we're coming out about. Talk us through, and maybe you don't have all the titles in front of you, but in this series, uh, which ones are published? Which ones are coming? Just give us the lay of the land a bit. Sure. So ultimately, there will be five short briefs. Um, they're really designed to be quick reads. They have two parts. The first kind of describes the 21st century skills, um, frames the relevance of the particular 21st century skill, considers it through the lens of faith, and what it means if a school is not just aiming for the goals of employment and preparation of students for citizenship, but also preparing students to manifest more fully who God created them to be. And each of these skills really enables the full expression of what God created a student to be and even has benefits for teachers to think, okay, how does this competency make me more fully able to do and be who God wants me to be? Um, so each of the books has that part. And then there's a second part, which actually offers some practical strategies uh, for promoting that particular C. Um, so they work together. In the first book, I really frame what these concepts are all together. Um, so that one is really about the 21st century skills as a whole. And then the second book is on critical thinking. And then this most recent book is on collaboration. Um, that one seemed appropriate given some of the breakdown of culture that occurred during the pandemic. Um, that one really moved my heart to write a little bit about how schools can influence um, participation in civic life and also promote students working toward the common good through 
cooperation and also collaboration. Mm -hmm. And we're also in this moment of synodality where we are listening, we are at a table together with others as adults and as children. I, you know, I know about myself that I'm very collaborative. And it, when I'm in circles with leaders, I'm realizing that everyone's default mode is collaboration. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, is collaboration teachable or is it something that we model and protocol and practice? I mean, how does how does that work? And if you could just uh, speak speak to that, that would be very helpful. Yeah, so I guess the first thing I would say is that um, one of the beautiful things is that the church always engages with the culture. And in fact, that's essential if we're going to evangelize. So while there are different curricular uh, models for Catholic education, and I do believe diversity is really important, um, there's a beauty in using a secular curriculum, but a necessity to consider it with a framework that's Catholic. And that's where I think there's a real, um, I would say, pain point for Catholic schools is that we just haven't had the pipeline to prepare teachers who can do that. Um, and so that's where professional development such as that, which we provide the McGrath um, and also that we aspire to provide um, in the future uh, will come to be assistance to schools. But I would say that first off, the goal of a Christian's life is collaboration with God. And collaboration, I think I understand um, in comparison with these other types of interactions, right? So um, let's start with cooperation. So we're familiar with that term and often we'll use the term cooperation and collaboration interchangeably. Um, cooperation's goal is to get something done, right? And depending on what it is that we want to achieve through the cooperation, we might interact with one another in different ways. There is a beauty in cooperation because often the thing that needs done can't be done by one person and it naturally requires different gifts to achieve. And that's a beautiful thing because we can really acknowledge that in the design of God's creation of which we are a part, we have different individuals who have different gifts. And I always think about, you know, first Corinthians and this idea that, you know, in the, the church, we're the body of Christ. Um, and I think a Catholic school teacher can really talk about how this cooperation, you know, with one another is essential to functioning as church. Um, okay, so then I would say that while there can be relationships and cooperation, there aren't necessarily relationships and cooperation. So I can cooperate with people that I had never actually knew because the goal doesn't require that. And I would say in a Catholic school, we want to build students' ability to relate to one another because we want to build this common concern and care for each other because we share something called communion. And communion is this um, kinship that we receive because each one of us is loved by God, loved into existence and held in existence by God. And also we have this kinship because we've all been saved by Jesus Christ. Our salvation has been ensured by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so that means that everyone, not just our friends, not just even the kids in our class or our school, but all people, we share this, this common bond with and we should want the good for them. And so I think that really starts in building this, this communion with one another in a Catholic school through opportunities to relate and cooperate with each other. And further, I would say that as we cooperate with each other in a classroom, we learn how society can cooperate with each other and how we can care for each other and go for something called the common good. 
And I won't get into too much about the common good because it is in the book and people can read about it and may already know great, a great amount about it. But to be able to cooperate in that way, we really have to opt into something I call corporate competencies. And cooperation is one of those. Um, corporate participation in the corporate um, means that I'm giving up something for the greater good of the community. Uh, we experience that when we put our dog on a leash and we walk through a neighborhood. You know, we might want our dog to be able to run freely, but we sacrifice that freedom for them and also our happiness watching them frolic because we care about the safety of other people in the neighborhood. Um, and there's been a real decline in that during the pandemic where people haven't been willing to participate in things that are not necessarily beneficial immediately to themselves. And we really want to promote that, especially right now. We're seeing a little bit of a break in the social cohesion because of that. Um, and that happens when times get tough and people get worried. And instead of opening our hands to share with others, we close our fists. So we want to work against that in Catholic schools. So then I would say comparing with cooperation, um, collaboration is something different. So the goal of collaboration is the production of generation of something new, um, something that is greater than the sum of its parts, 